the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Listening to the Hard Shoulder, Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock this evening. Simon Harris is the Minister for Further and Higher Education, Research, Innovation, and Science, and he joins me now. Minister, you're welcome to the show. Um, can you talk us through what one-off measures were announced on Tuesday to ease the financial burden on students? I can indeed, and thanks for having me on. So on thir- on Budget Day, we announced a thousand euro reduction again across the board to college fees for all full-time undergraduate students but we've actually done a little bit more than that this year because <clears throat> excuse me already students who lived in a house with an income of less than a hundred thousand were entitled to a 500 euro grant through Susie so in effect the college fees for any undergraduate student with household income of less than a hundred thousand have been halved this year to 1500 on top of that we've increased student grants all student grants by at least 10 percent and we've done that from January so people don't have to wait I'm really pleased that we brought back postgraduate maintenance grants. There hasn't been a postgraduate maintenance grant since the financial crash. That'll be worth up to €2,000 between January and May uh, for some students, and that's a permanent move. We've increased the PhD stipend uh, from January by €3,000. That's a permanent move. And in terms of the cost of accommodation, we've brought in a renter's tax credit, as you know, across government. That's been increased to 750 We've made sure parents of students who are in digs can claim it and that they can backdate that claim for 23 and 22 as well. So that could be worth up to €1,750 for some families. We've cut apprenticeship fees also uh, by a third. The one-off measures, uh, the €1,000 reduction, why would that only be a temporary measure? Well, I suppose it's it's now twice off, isn't it? Because we managed to do it last year as well. And it is a measure that I'd like to see made permanent. We did obviously make a permanent cut of €500. And I think that gives us a template where we can try and increase that amount in the years ahead. I think we've proven the point, if ever it needed to be proven, I'm a strong advocate for reducing fees. I think we've proven the point, the difference it can make uh, to families. If you have more than one child in college in particular, if you're trying to meet the cost of accommodation, um, there are still real barriers to education. So this is something I want to build on in the years ahead. But I wasn't going to look a gift horse in the mouth when there was mm. an opportunity to get money for students and parents this year too. What's the resistance from the Department of Public Expenditure and Finance? Well, no, and I don't want to make it about any any department. I suppose in the past, uh, in the past when fees were reduced in Ireland, I think if we're being very, very honest about it, it was done in a way that perhaps didn't support core funding going into universities. So I think the fear in parts of the sector could be you reduce fees, but you don't properly fund the universities. You end up just underfunding third level education. You increase student staff ratios and you damage the quality of your education. I don't believe that, by the way. I think government has to be able to do more than one thing at a time. And that's why I published a policy last year that said we're going to increase the funding in universities and in tandem, we're going to reduce the cost of education for students. And I think we have to do both because there's no point having well-funded universities that students can't afford to go to, nor is there any point having students in universities that aren't properly funded. So given the fact that this is, uh, well, it's not a once-off, as you say, quite rightly, it's a a twice-off, but you would like to see it uh, made more permanent. Can we take it as read then that you next year will be asking for a repeat of this, despite what the inflationary landscape looks like? You can take it as read that in next year's budget, I'll be continuing to try and reduce fees and approve grants. I mean, that, that much is, is probably not a shock to anybody. I believe in reducing the cost of education. I believe in increasing grants. And I also believe, though, and, and we may get onto this in a moment if you have time, but I also believe we need to fix other anomalies. So part-time education is something I'm quite obsessed about fixing because at the moment we've only provided 
free fees and grants if you can do education full time. If you're a lone parent trying to hold down a job, pay a mortgage, care for your kids, uh, good luck telling someone like that that you have to pack their bags for four years and go to college to get a degree. They have every right to be able to access education, um, as do people with disabilities who might it might suit them better for a variety of reasons in some circumstances to study over a slightly longer time or in a slightly different way. So from September, for the first time ever, we will remove all college fees for anybody doing online education, part-time or part-time in-person education with a household income of below 56,000. And I genuinely believe that's probably the most significant measure I, I uh, achieved in the budget. Uh, as long as it's their first time attending a tertiary institution, is it? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, basically what I'm trying to do here is target people who want to access education, but can't can't do it in a full-time manner and have found barriers in the past in relation to cost. So I thought yeah. the best way of doing it was doing it on an income basis, which will encapsulate many of those people uh, by virtue of the fact that they're more likely to have been um, faced the economic challenge for a variety of reasons before. Yeah. So, so the only reason I ask for that clarification is you, you know, sure. as well as I, there, there are people who, for whatever reason, might engage in a college course, you know, later in life, having already gone to college and it's more of a hobby than anything. Now, I want to go back and do a history degree. You're not talking about making college free for them to do online. Uh, n- not currently, uh, but there are a lot of people in the workplace who may well have achieved a college degree or indeed a master's in the past who may well need to go back to a form of education for upskilling and reskilling reasons. And there is also some funding in the budget to start what we call an SME incentivization scheme. We're going to basically go out and start working with small businesses to see how we can financially support um, reducing the cost of college for people who might need a module or a short course. Mm. But the details of that are a few weeks away. How do you determine whether someone needs to do a module or a short course or to obtain a degree in college to continue their career? You know, it's a very fair question. So in terms of obtaining a degree in college, that's the first thing I've announced, the 56,000 euro or below free fees. In terms of the next step, where what we're doing is identifying where the big challenges and transitions are in the economy. And we'll be starting this scheme with digital skills and with uh, climate skills as well. So we know that the digital and climate transitions are probably the biggest two challenges facing um, people in the workforce at the moment. Um can I ask about RTE? They were before representatives from RTE before a public accounts committee uh, today, including the new director general, Kevin Backers, who said that effectively be insolvent as an organisation by the springtime if they don't receive uh, interim funding and a bailout from the government, kind of beyond what was announced uh, in the budget on Tuesday. Um, are you and your cabinet colleagues minded to provide that funding? We're absolutely minded to support RTE, to protect public service broadcasting and to help ensure RTE can be sustained and be sustainable. Uh, but there is a but, um, and the but is a very important one, and it won't come as a surprise to, to Kevin Backhurst uh, or indeed to anyone in RT or probably any of your listeners. From day one, we have been very clear that there needs to be a plan, a reform plan, a strategic vision from RTE as to where it's now going. Um, the com- public confidence has been shattered. It needs to be rebuilt. We're not, you nor I, no one's talking about the journalism or anything else in RT. We're talking about the fact that there were very serious governance issues. There were very serious uh, financial issues. And we need to now know that RT hasn't just changed personnel, but has actually changed culture and approach to these issues. And I think the new director general has gotten mm. off to a good start. The plan is due to be with government by the end of this month. In what way has he gotten off to a good start? Now, besides kind of sounding impressive in interviews, I mean, uh, kind of from the outside looking in, 
Tubbly got the sack and it looks now like loads of lower paid workers are going to be asked to sign up to a voluntary redundancy scheme. It doesn't scream kind of governance reform to me. And I, I've I've yet to got a clear picture from anybody, given that we're dealing with this now for months on end as to what it might actually look like. There's always options put on the table. It could look like this. They could go to this model. They could sell this, but no indication of what they might actually do. Meanwhile, they say well, they're going to be insolvent in a couple of months. Yeah, look, I think some of that's fair. But I mean, what I mean by the getting off to a good start was genuinely his his approach to transparency and communications, which was sadly lacking. Um, I mean, the idea that staff in RT weren't being spoken to at the height of, at the height of this controversy, the fact that there, you know, let's let's be let's be really honest, there was a real drip feed and dragging of information from RT for many weeks at the start of this controversy. I thought I thought Kevin Backhurst came in and basically kind of said nothing's off the table here in terms of what needs to be done. I thought he made. Uh, interesting comments around the Montrose site and the likes, but I absolutely, absolutely the, the, the proof will be in the pudding. And I think he would, and I certainly don't speak for him, but I think he yeah. and RT would surely have to accept. I put it, um, are, are, you, are, you or, are, you, are you or your, your, your cabinet colleagues, the people controlling the purse strings, are, are you any clearer today on what the reformed RTE might look like, given that so you're going to be asked to stump up tens of millions of euro very soon? So I'm truthfully at a disadvantage to you, probably because I haven't seen the committee hearing today. But but as of now, I'm not. Quite frankly, I, I've heard as yeah, you, you, st- you still won't be when you go back and watch the committee hearing. Okay, okay. Well, look, what I, what I factually know is this: I factually know that Orti is due to get a plan to us this month. Um, I don't see this as a matter of you know government money. I genuinely see it as what it is. The people of Ireland are going to be asked to make a contribution here in terms of extra revenue having to be. What I mean there is government having to provide extra revenue to RTE, which ultimately that revenue has come from taxpayers. Mm. Um, to do that, we have to be able to look the people of Ireland in the eye and say we're satisfied. Uh, that RT gets it. I think we have to have a very clear understanding as to what's meant by public service broadcasting. You know, I want people to pay their license fee, not for commercial activity in any organisation, but because we value public service broadcasting. I think we need to begin to understand what RTE understands that to be and have a shared understanding of that. And we need to make sure, you know, that we're gone long beyond the days of executive boards and boards and you know, who knew what, when, and actually into a transparent culture. That's the expectation of government. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. I accept that. The Taoiseach has been clear. We're not going to shirk our responsibility in terms of a funding model for public service broadcasting. We're not going to leave it to future governments or post-elections. But step one, step one is the sustainability issue. And for my colleague, Minister Martin, um, to bring forward proposals to government in relation to that when she receives the plan. And she's also, as as, as your listeners will know, done a piece of work with, with New Era, yeah. a state agency, around trying to assess um, the, the size of the hole, quite frankly, that may need to be filled. Um, then before I let you go, something we've been talking about uh, since we came on air at four o'clock is uh, Metrolink and Duncan Smith, the Labour TD, describing it as a national embarrassment that we spent 120 million quid and not a brick has been laid, uh, metaphorically speaking. Well, literally not a brick has been laid. Um, is he right? Is it a national embarrassment? No, he's not. Um, and I suppose the reason he's not right is, I mean, this is a project that I think we've been quite public about the, the, the likely range of this project in terms of cost. And there won't be a final cost till it goes to tender. But this is multi-billions of euro, you know, seven to 12 billion, I think, is the range I've seen talked about publicly. It is well known. Six by children's anybody. hospitals. It is well known by anybody in relation to capital projects that generally around 15% of the total budget of a capital project is spent on design and technical costs and the like. So, you know, I, I can give you a big, I can give you a breakdown of some of the things that the money has been spent on. Um, but, you know, there's there's a huge body of work to do. There's an oral hearing and a board pinola. We've got to get this right. Uh, and ultimately, we, as after 
decades of talking about metros, uh, we need to get to a point that this project comes out the side of the planning process uh, and, and into construction. It is a very expensive project. There's no getting away from that. But I wouldn't like anyone to suggest that money in any way has been wasted because yeah. the fact that they don't don't bear that up. So a lot, a lot more money will be wasted then, is what Duncan Smith might say. If you say, what is it, 15% of what, 12.5 billion, that's 1.8 billion? So, yeah, so we've I, only spent 120 million. We have 1.8 billion to go. Well, sorry, I lie. No, we've got 1.68 billion to go before we lay a brick. But you see, that's oh not wasted. I mean, you want a metro, we don't want a metro. We have to go through the various processes and we want a metro. And I mean, it's, it's, it's again factual that on complex projects where there's very significant technical design requirements uh, up to the 15% of total construction costs can be spent on technical design design fees and the likes that's just a genuine answer for your listeners I know I know but for our listeners as well they're kind of doing the math themselves and they think that's a whole children's hospital worth of technical design before we lay a brick I think what your listeners are like, far be it for me to speak for your listeners, but I think what a lot of people in this country are like is, will we ever just, will you get on with it? And, you know, I saw that during the height of the children's hospital controversy and the likes as well. Yes, we have to get better at capital projects in this country. We have to get better at timelines, but we also have to move beyond indecision and debate. Would we like one of these? Would we like one and get on and actually deliver it? There's so many capital cities around the, the world that have had metros for many, many years. Yeah. I'm proud that we're moving ahead with this one. Simon Harris, Minister for Further and Higher Education, Research, Innovation and Science, Fine Gael TD as well. Minister, thank you for joining us here on the show. 